on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, January the 12th, 2021, Season 7, Episode 2, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel. I'm doing well. I'm coming at you from... uh... Brooklyn, New York, where I just bought this new giant knife. Yeah, it's a it's a big damn knife, that's for sure. It's a it's a it's a cleaver. It's yeah. an antique cleaver that's nine inches the blade is nine inches long. It weighs like five pounds. Wait. That's awesome. Um, so usually this is a sports baseball podcast, but it's the off season and it's what we call the B block. So we're just going to kind of talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. We're also going to talk about top of the crock our cooking segment. For yeah, those of you it's been know, a slow uh, crock week. Crock week, crock week. It's, no, it's Same. been a slow crock week. So we well, don't have a yeah. full top of the crock episode exactly. for you. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Sam is a professional chef, so he actually knows what he's talking about. And I have just been quarantined for almost a year now, almost a year, Yeah, learning how to cook um, in my crock pot. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, it's the middle of January. I have not done any of my crock pot. The last thing we talked about was that condor chili. That we talked about right and how is that did you are you still eating that i just finished it the other day it was very good uh got better as it as it sat um i've got you know we talked about this i did definitely have plans for the future i think uh turning up the heat is still something i want to do and um a question i had for you what would the effect be of, I've never diced onions and added it to that chili. Right. And I don't know if that would make it better or not. Yeah, definitely. Do it? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, that'll be on my next iteration of that chili. Uh, what, I mean, I, I know what onions taste like, obviously, but to the flavor, like the compound flavor, what would they add? It's just like a like a richness, like a fuller like mouthfeel flavor, uh-huh. um, and like it adds it'll add depth to it for sure. How uh, important like, is it? I like for to me call food? it an onion flavor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally know the onion <laughs> flavor. Good point. You're totally right. Uh, but like, so like, I love mushrooms. Sure. Right? Mushrooms are one of my favorite things. Yep. But I don't feel the need to add mushrooms to this chili. That would make it a different thing for sure. Yeah. But make it, it wouldn't necessarily, like, I'd say go for it one in one iteration just to see what happens. I, the way, when I make chili, I will 
like take all of my uh, like onions, garlic, jalapenos, any other like poblanos or any other fresh chilies that I'm using. I dice uh -huh. them all up together, saute them all, and then I take out half of them. And huh. then I cook all of like my beans and my meat and everything else with that first round. Um, and, and it all disintegrates to nothingness and becomes part of like the chili, right? But then right. I'll add that second round, or I won't even saute, I'll like saute half of it, cook it all down with everything until it's gone. And then like at the end, when it's close to being done, I'll throw in the second half and just cook them until they're tender. And, right. and that like adds like some vegetable chunks to the chili. And texture, okay. <clears throat> huh, okay. I'll definitely uh, be thinking about that in my next. That's like kind of, <clears throat> that's a little extra. Like you don't, you don't need right, to. Right, but that. I was yeah. wondering about the importance of sauteing the onions beforehand or not, or browning them beforehand or not, and getting that like, um, that, what is it? The, the Does it increase the sugar? When yeah, you, it just uh, like caramelizes the sugar. And yeah. yeah. Onions are delicious. And the smell of sauteing onions, you were talking about, what was that? Not the aha moments. The ratatouille moment? The ratatouille moments. Yeah. The smell and sound of sauteing onions is one of those for me. Yeah. The, actually, mm -hmm. the smell of sauteing onions triggers the, uh, it makes your mouth water. Yeah. I mean, is there a scientific reason? I mean, scientifically, I yeah, it's a it's a thing. Huh. It's like an enzyme what? that, when you smell it, triggers your mouth watering. Is it the same enzyme that makes your eyes water when you're dicing them? No, that's sulfuric acid, actually. Huh? Because like there have been times my eyes water so bad, I've gone I've gone out and I've put on like swim goggles before I chopped onions. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Because uh, I love I love onions. I love raw onions too. That's one of my favorite foods. Yeah, um, it's that's another enzyme that when it's released from, it it becomes airborne when it's released from the cell walls, and then when it bonds to water, it turns into sulfuric acid. Are there other uh, vegetables or roots that do that? I don't know. I think probably everything in the onion family to some degree yeah. or another. That's interesting. Probably. Are there any other like housewife tips to prevent your eyes from watering badly when you're chopping onions? If you just sprinkle a little water on it, that's like the most effective, I think. But there's like no way to, there's no way to stop it really. Wear, wear swim goggles. Right, just wear swim goggles. That's the that's the move. Yeah. But the point the point is is that it it'll bond to water. So if you like put a little water on it, it'll catch a lot of that. But then, you know, it's not, I mean, it's, is it worth it really? Sometimes. I mean, my eyes, I don't know. I don't know if everyone, if I'm just a worse or what, but my eyes water real bad where every couple of minutes I find myself, I have to like step back and, and clear my eyes. Yeah. No, totally. It's, you know, it happens to everybody. Right. Anyone who says that that doesn't happen to them is lying to you. 
Right. Because it's yeah. like, it's literally sulfuric acid. And if somebody is like immune to sulfuric acid in their eyes, then they're a fucking superhero. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're reptilian. Yeah. Uh, well, so it is. So I haven't been cooking in my crock pot. Yeah, actually, I'm, that would be a good way to find your reptilian people. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. I was going yeah. to segue into that. Um, I've been ordering lots of fucking food delivered to my house. So big lazy. I had uh, some mac and cheese and a fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. Today. That was pretty good. Pickles and what's uh, shoot. It starts with the all. I had it queued up, and then I lost it. The spicy. It's not. It's not tartar sauce. Remoulade. Yeah, remoulade. So uh, it was pretty good with pickles and fried chicken on the bun, and pretty simple but tasty. Um, but yeah. So and I've just been thinking, it's that season, you know, the middle of winter. And I've talked about this on the podcast before about the sports calendar, where it really comes in waves, especially if you're a baseball fan, because there's not a lot to do in the winter time, right? I mean, we'll we'll ride the NFL wave until the Super Bowl, I guess, but now is a real downtime where there's not a lot to do, right? And we're kind of waiting for the, you know the literal and metaphorical rebirth of spring, which will come with longer days, baseball, and fresher food. I've been noticing longer days already. I don't know if you have. I have. <laughs> it's been about you know three weeks since uh, the winter solstice. Yeah. But it's funny you say that it's the middle of winter, because I feel like this is just, like, I feel like the middle of winter is like, the end of February. Oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. Because it's like, I feel like, it ha- I mean, it hasn't even gotten cold here yet, really. It hasn't really snowed. And, you know, there's a long, there's a long time before spring. Yeah. And February is really when you get that cold snap. But the days are much longer in February. Right. So you do have more just literal sunlight. But yeah, you usually don't get... We usually get that bitter cold snaps one of those weeks in February. Yeah, I wonder if, you know, I I don't really get seasonal depression, but I generally in February or March, I'm like, okay, I'm like ready for springtime because it's just been a long time of not being able to do anything like go out and like hang out outside or go to the beach or whatever. And it's just like you go to restaurants or movies or whatever. And I wonder if there'll be less of that this year because I haven't been doing shit for a year, you know? And that's, I think, a really good point because, you know, usually when you're thinking about the sports calendar, for me, there's two, like, big highs. The big highs for me are September, honestly, when you have, like, college college football. College football is starting, and, like, the playoff races are going in baseball. Right. And the other is, like, April, May, which is the beginning of baseball and NBA playoffs. And those are, for me, the two most, like, exciting and uh, the parts of the season I anticipate the most. Uh, 
but you don't really have that. Like basketball just ended and now it's start. Excuse me, and now it's started again for some reason. Um, you know, baseball kind of just ended. I guess baseball actually stuck the closest to its season. I don't know. Everything's weird. Everything's different. It's all, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, there's kind of, I feel like this moment right now, well, there's so much crazy shit going on in this country that's not sports related. Um, but I kind of feel like that aside, and it's hard to put that aside, but that aside, like there's this big kind of question of what this next year is going to look like. And that's really dependent on like how many vaccines can they make and how yep. quickly can they get the population vaccinated and like <clears throat> all of this COVID related, like there's a lot of uncertainty in the year 2021 and like a lot to be optimistic about, but also like maybe we're going to be in the middle of a civil war. So, Right. Well, we talked a little when, uh, in the block when Thomas was on about that. And, you know, obviously it's been a week since um, a, what would you call it, right-wing militia mob stormed the Capitol building in the attempt to prevent the completion of a ceremonial, which we could talk about, uh, process of, of verifying the election. For me... You know, I've, I've been reading and researching a lot more about the QAnon cult. I'm going to call it a cult. Right. Um, and You wouldn't you call know, it a terrorist organization? Well, I might. I mean, you could call Al-Qaeda a cult and a terrorist organization. Sure. And ISIS, too. And ISIS, too. So yeah. I guess they're more of a... Yeah, I guess they could be a terrorist organization. Uh, I, I think I think understanding QAnon is easiest understanding it as if it were a cult. I, I I guess I'm only saying that because I don't think they're fucking organized enough to be like they don't have terrorist cells. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, but they could very easily. Right. But and they probably do. Yeah. Well, that's more like the Proud Boys and the, the actual, quote-unquote, actual white supremacist groups who plan out their attacks and things like that. Right. I don't think QAnon does that. QAnon is way more into the tinfoil hat crowd. I don't know, that man. Doesn't... Like, they have, they have... Like, this is the thing I was saying before, is, like, I don't think that... Like, to say that they're the tinfoil hat crowd is to say that they're like weird, crazy people, but they're like QAnon members of the House of Representatives. Like this is not a, this is not a friend, this is mainstream, you know? Yes. I, I mean, I, I think that's more, and you talked about like it's mainstream and I don't 100% agree with you on that because like what it is is the Republican Party is like, oh, those MAGA people are crazy. We're not them, right? right? And then the MAGA people are like, oh, 
the QAnon people are crazy, we're not them. And then the QAnon people are like, oh, the people who believe that JFK Jr. is alive are crazy, and we're not them. But they all tolerate the existence of the smaller, more radical group within themselves because it helps them achieve their own political goal. I mean, they were all in the Capitol last week, so... Right, but there were people at home who were Republicans who were, like, cutting that, but they're not going to do anything about it. Right. And if you're not going to do anything about it, like, you can't pretend like that's not you. I don't Well, but they will. But you're right. You're 100% correct, but they're going to do that anyway. I, I think that if you have a, members in the U.S. House of Representatives, you're not a fringe group. You just aren't. Right. Marjorie Green, her name. And there are others. She's yeah. the most uh, prominent of them. Yeah, there are others. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring this up, though, because I was really excited about this. I was watching, I was watching uh, BBC News via Twitter earlier today. And a BBC guy was uh, interviewing some Trump lady who actually, like, works for the Trump organization, I believe. Uh-huh. And uh, he, first of all, he was just making fun of her the entire time. So if you ever want a little bit of good schadenfreude, watch the British interview MAGA people. Because it's, they're just like, you're insane. <laughs> I'm making fun of you right now. And the MAGA right. people get all upset about it. Uh, so wait, what were they saying, though? Oh, he was just interviewing her, and I just wanted to bring it up because she was uh, uh, broadcasting from Jupiter, Florida. <laughs> yes, she was. And I was immediately like, there we go. That's the clue. That's the cipher. Right. And I brought it up a little bit in the A block, and I wanted to bring it up again. Like, if these QAnon people are serious about hunting down the pedophilic, satanic, ritualistic cults that they say they are, yo, they're in Jupiter, Florida, you guys. That's where the fun is. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about QAnon, because you've been listening to that podcast, right? Yeah, the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Um and I've been listening to that, and they're, they're pretty funny. And so... So wait, are they QAnon people, or they're like, kind of... No, they're us. They're, they're 35-year-old white men with too many humanities degrees who are investigating them and doing journalism. <sighs> about and Just, fun. Yeah. I like that yeah. you say that we have too many humanities degrees, and you're the one who has all of them. <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're right, we do have too many humanities degrees between the two of us, but they're all yours. <laughs> right. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so these guys, like, they've made it their career to, to, to follow QAnon. And they interview experts about it. They interviewed a lady last week who was a medieval history expert, things like that. It's good stuff. And then they, like, tell funny jokes. Anyway, I recommend it. Um, but, so, like, 
QAnon Pete, do you want me to actually just explain QAnon yeah. in this podcast? Because I, okay. I don't know, honestly, and like yeah. I just I don't have patience for stuff that it just makes my head hurt, you know? Oh, well, okay. Well tell me when to stop because this is gonna make No me no hurt. I'm I need you to just distill it for me. Okay. This is why so, you have the degrees, Joel. This is the reason. So around twenty seventeen, what started happening on 8chan? Uh-huh. The message board. Which is different than 4chan because 4chan was like not extreme enough. Exactly. The yeah. people who got kicked off of 4chan for being too extreme. And 4chan, the people who got kicked off of Reddit for being too extreme. Right. So on 8chan, they started popping up these posts by someone calling themselves Q claiming to be a mysterious member of the federal government who claimed to have high-level security access and started making claims that the government was filled with uh, massive pedophile circles who were involved with child sacrifice and that Donald Trump had been elected to root out the evil pedophilic satanic cabals who infest the federal government and arrest them all. Wait, and he then, had been groomed, he had been chosen by the military, right? Wasn't that it? That's part of it. That's yeah. part of the that's one yes, yes. That's one like side shoot. Like they've all got different angles that they take. Right. Um, Yes, that Trump with the military was going to root out uh, the the satanic pedophilia circles, which are led by Hillary Clinton. Right. It's really it's it's weird how you can trace it back to this like uh, bizarre fascination and uh, hatred of of this historical figure Hillary Clinton, which is messed up. Right. Even if you don't like Hillary Clinton, she's not a satanic child sacrificing pedophile. No, totally. And, there, you know, there are legitimate arguments to be made about the legacy of Hillary Clinton, but not a single one of them is because she's a satanic pedophile. Right. So, over it's not time, real. This, 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 this anonymous person named Q started getting more and more popular on the 8chan message board. And it started to leak out of 8chan, mostly through YouTube, uh-huh. into the mainstream consciousness. And, and started getting disseminated through the mainstream consciousness and picked up by all sorts of different people. And we actually talked about this, Sam, I think two weeks ago. No, last week in our fermentation discussion. Like, it starts mixing with all these other pre-existing conspiracy theories about homeopathy, about anti-vaccinations, about aliens and reptilians. And whoever wants to can just adopt it into their own pre-existing ideology, and then they join QAnon. And it's important to mention that a lot of it's just rooted in anti-Semitism, if it not all always, of it. It always comes back to anti-Semitism. <laughs> which is crazy. 
just it's <clears throat> fucking nuts. Like old school, like like anti the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and other oh, no, the Rockefellers aren't Jewish, but the the George Soros. It's right. weird how it comes back to that all the time. And the whole the whole blood libel ritual, the whole concept that there are powerful people who are secretly drinking the blood of children is itself like a medieval anti-Semitic, for lack of a better word, trope. Right. Like that's uh, Borat makes fun of that all the time. Yep. Shylock, you know, a pound of flesh. Uh, so, so that's how, how QAnon kind of got started and leaked out of the depths of the internet into the real world. Trump had, had picked up on it and was purposefully amplifying it. Right. They started getting smarter about their internet tactics, which is where you get into the, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is her name, the congresswoman from Georgia who is QAnon, uh, because they'll use hashtags like Save the Children. Right. Uh, which is like a real organization that is actually like trying to prevent actual trafficking of children, but then their hashtag gets hijacked by QAnon, which is messed up. Right. Um, and then... What was the other thing I was going to say about that? Oh, and then the mass shooting. So one, so you had the, a, a rash of mass shootings, the El Paso shooting, the Las Vegas shooting, and then the Christchurch New Zealand shooting and the Pittsburgh shooting, which was against the synagogue. Uh, you know, that's like 2017 and 2018 which leads to 8chan getting it, getting shut down and having to move. It's now 8kun, 8kun. And it's under attack, essentially, because it's, a, it's not just these conspiracies, it's a breeding ground for radical white nationalism. Right. And it's where you go to become a radical white nationalist. Right. You haven't been hanging out there, have you, Joel? No, I don't go there. I'm afraid to because you never know when it's just going to be a dick pic. <laughs> uh, oh, the mean, internet is a well, fucked up place, Joel. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't stand that. I can't stand it. I get mad on Twitter when someone like posts a nude. I'm like, I'm here for baseball jokes. Right. I don't need to see, like, a, a flaccid penis <laughs> on my timeline. So here's the question. Do you report those posts or no? I usually don't. I only report the ones that are like, that's anti-Semitic. I, I report those. Yeah. Uh, or, like, the uh, the other one, this will get us into a different conversation, but violence against women. Uh-huh. Like, the all, every, everywhere, constantly. Right. Uh, report those also. The dick pics, I don't know. I don't report the dick pics. Someone else will do it. Somebody else will do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's the other thing that I, that I wanted to talk about because 
they are also obsessed with the consumption of the drug adrenochrome. Which is? Not real. Oh, okay. And do you know where I was like, wait, wait a second. What's this (laughs) drug I've never heard of before? (laughs) Well, you have heard of it before. Do you remember where you've heard it from before? Uh, Is it like, um, like Pokemon or something? No, that would be even better than the where it comes from. From feeling loathing in Las Vegas. Oh. It's what they take, you know, the scene I'm talking about at kind of the yeah. climax of that. Yep. Where where uh, the lawyer turns into the devil. Totally. That's adrenochrome. That's supposed to come from the adrenal gland of a sacrificed child. The lawyer in Loathing in Las Vegas is supposed to be representing a group of Satanists, and they couldn't pay him, so they pay him in adrenochrome. Gotcha. I bring this up because this entire major tenet of the QAnon conspiracy theory is the B-plot from a Hunter S. Thompson novel. <laughs> the entire thing. <clears throat> Right. So that and, doesn't and exist, though. But Reader Club's not real. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You can Google that. I'll Google it, but it's not a thing. You don't... You can't get high on it. You can't murder someone and drink from their adrenal gland and get high. That's not real. That's not how science works. Anyway, do you want me to keep ranting? Or do you yeah, want keep going. Start? I'm learning. Okay. Uh, you remember the guy with the buffalo headdress on? We sure. Took over the Q Shaman. The Q Shaman, yeah. His name is Jake Angeli. That's not his real name. That's his stage name. He's a voice actor, actually from Phoenix. I looked that up as I talked about him the other week. Uh, play acting. And this is my other thing where... They're like, I think that there's this whole thing where, because, you know, these are middle class, nice white ladies from like Santa Monica, right? These are like the lady who died, who got murdered in, or, you know, killed. She wasn't murdered. She was trying to storm the Capitol. The lady who got shot, Ashley Babbitt, she's a 34 year old Air Force veteran from San Diego who owned her own pool. pool supply company, right? Like, there are people who are living these lives and trying to find meaning, and they find meaning in this insane story. It's role-playing. Right. And so suddenly, instead of being a 34-year-old white woman and living in San Diego trying to keep you pool supply company from going out of business. You are not that. You are a crusader in the army of God trying to end the satanic takeover of the United States government. Right. And keep people from making gay wedding cakes, probably. And Yes, and that's a big thing, too. Yeah. And so that that's the thing that I think is like if we wanted to actually address in my opinion, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. If we wanted to get to the heart of it, it's like, oh, 
these are people looking for meaning in their lives. And for some reason, the sick, sad world that we live in, the answer to that search for meaning in their lives is you live in this crazy video game, excuse me, video game world where you're the hero fighting against the Diablo-style demons who have secretly taken over the government. Right. You know, Wolfenstein. And do you think that there's like a, a big crossover there? Like this one guy is a unsuccessful actor and this other person is a failing pool supply business. And you think that this is a thing that people kind of latch hold on to like m- maybe kind of prove that they're not failures? I do, but I also think it's important that it's like a huge middle class thing. Right. It's not like it's not like a, a poor. I, I feel like you need the time and the luxury to like go down the YouTube internet holes and get sucked into it, and then like commit yourself to it. I think that if you like. A $7.95 worker at Walmart, you're probably less likely to get sucked into it because you're just trying to survive. If that makes any sense. Right. I, I, I don't think it's a representation of the white working class. I think it's a representation of the white middle class, the petit bourgeois, the small business owners, lawyers, doctors, teachers, Cops. Lots and lots and lots of cops. Lots of cops. Lots of cops. Veterans. Pool supply owners. Yeah. Huh. But you don't think that it's like... It's like you became a cop and you thought it was going to be like Dirty Harry. But instead you like... Your your life is terrible because being a cop is like not a great job, yeah. and so you're like, oh wait, there's something more here for me. Yeah, and I'm, <clears throat> I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. And you have to have regular access to the internet. That's right, the but like almost everybody does these days. Yeah, yeah. Because when I see, I don't know, I haven't done any reading on this. The people that I see on my social media who buy into this, I feel like are like uneducated or like no higher education. And the people that I see, it's like they, it's their chance to be the smart ones, I think. I can, I can buy that. Is that, I, is that something that they talk about or not really? Because the people you're talking about about sound like they would have higher education, at least in some form. Uh, In terms of Democratic versus Republican voters in the last two elections, right? For white people, at least. The big divider is education. If you've got a college degree and you're white, you're overwhelmingly likely to vote for the Democrat, either Clinton or Biden. And if you don't have a college degree and you're white, you're overwhelmingly likely to vote for Trump. 
but but that doesn't uh, correlate as high on income. Right. So that's what I was going to say. Because if you are right. making more than $100,000 a year, you're more likely to vote for Trump. Right. And you don't necessarily need a bachelor's degree to make $100,000 a year. I guess that's if true. You, but you're not you, a cop. Like, if you're a cop and you're making $100,000 a year, then you're a dirty cop. Yep. Right. But you don't need a bachelor's degree to be a cop. And even the cop makes at least 60000 a year. Right. Um. And cops are their own category also, but yeah. I mean, what you're looking at are like, con- like private contractors, right. uh, small business owners, pool uh, supply company owners, right. CEOs of small companies, real estate brokers. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones I've read about lately. And veterans, squad of veterans. Right, who maybe are dealing with PTSD. PTSD or uh, opiate addiction. Right. Or adrenochrome addiction. (laughs) Adrenochrome. It's real, I looked it up. It's an upper, right? (laughs) It's, uh, no, it, well, let's see. Let me read it to you. Let me do a Sam Reads Wikipedia moment here. Yeah. Okay, this is from the effect on the brain. Um, Okay, so just... Adrenochrome is a chemical compound with the molecular formula blah 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 produced by the oxidation of adrenaline uh, or epinephrine. The derivative uh, carbazochrome is a hemostatic medication. And despite the similarity in chemical names, it's unrelated to chrome or chromium. So it's oxidized epinephrine or, or adrenaline. Um, uh, small-scale studies uh, reported that adrenochrome triggered psychotic reactions such as thought disorder and derealization. Researchers claimed that adrenochrome is a neurotoxic psychotomimetic substance and may play a role in schizophrenia and other illnesses. Um, they speculated that megadoses of vitamin C and niacin could cure schizophrenia by reducing brain adrenochrome. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's a drug that people take. Right, I, yeah. Like um, the theory is, the, the, the conspiracy theory is, is that you kidnap a child, you scare a child, you murder a child, you scare a child to get the child's adrenochrome flowing, then you murder the child and drink its adrenochrome and get high off of its adrenochrome. Seems like you could just crack open an EpiPen, right? That's what I was thinking. I didn't know. <laughs> I was just like, wait, the EpiPen. <laughs> okay, so check this out. This is adrenochrome in popular culture, which is interesting because you had mentioned Hunter S. Thompson, but there's more. Uh, the 1954 book, The Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley, mentioned the discovery of the alleged effects of adrenochrome, which is linked to the symptoms of mescaline intoxication, although he's never consumed it. He was a notorious heroin Anthony Burgess mentions, mentions adrenochrome at the beginning of his 1962 novel, A Clockwork Orange, the protagonist and his friends that drank a drug-laced milk that had no license to selling liquor, but there is no law yet against prodding some of the new 
veshes, which they used to put into the old moloko, so you could peed it with valaset or what the fuck? It's a, it's a, he made up a language that's half English, half Russian. It's not real. Okay. Anyway, they put adrenochrome in that milk at the milk bar. Then Hunter S. Thompson mm-hmm. uh, mentioned adrenochrome in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This is probably the origin of current myths surrounding the compound because a character states that there's only one source of this stuff, the adrenal glands from a living human body. It's no good if you get it out of the corpse. The adrenochrome scene also appears in the novel's film adaptation. Uh, in the DVD commentary, director Terry Gilliam admits that his and Thompson's portrayal is a fictional exaggeration. Gilliam insists that this drug is entirely fictional and seems unaware of the existence of a substance with the same name. Uh, Thompson also mentions adrenochrome in his book Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72. I, I want to read that. Uh, I read that book. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I have one too. <clears throat> I think that Hunter S. Thompson probably was just jacking himself with an EpiPen, though. Yeah, well, he's making fun of of Satanic Panic, though, too. Even though it's it's before the '80s, Satanic Panic. He's making fun of the squares who think that Adrenochrome is a real thing. Right. Like that's his whole point. Right. Uh, it was a big part of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Right, and that's where they think it's real, and it's not. Right. And, like, some guy drives with a car full of guns from Mississippi to a pizza place in D.C. <laughs> Which is, like, proto-cute. Right. Uh, what did I want to say about... Oh, okay. Uh, our, our mutual friend of ours, I won't, I won't talk about them on the air... But uh, we were hanging out together, and they, they're allergic to bee stings. <laughs> and I've told you this story before. And they were showing me what to do if they got accidentally stung by a bee right. with their head. And they were okay, you just hold it like this and go one, two, three. And then they accidentally <laughs> shot themselves up with the EpiPen. Ooh. It was so high the rest of the day. <laughs> and they just jammed it into their leg? Yeah, accidentally. Accidentally shot it off. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty crazy. So we got to yeah. wrap it up, but uh, whose cue do you think? And uh, is this the kind of deep throat of our generation? Here's the here's the best guess. Okay. Q is probably a fat dude who owns a pornography ring and lives in the Philippines. And his name is Jim Watkins. And he's the guy who owns the eight coon board. And he is probably either Q or employs the people who write excuse me, the Q drops, the Q posts. So you don't think it's like Vladimir Putin? No, no. It, it's somebody, because Q actually does not, has has never in the last three years 
said anything that turned out to be true or anything that could not be ascertained by reading the news. Like, they've never actually revealed anything that would be like, oh, you have access to intelligence. Right. It's somebody who accidentally stumbled upon this thing that got caught. Right. And now the eight-crew board is like 85% Q. Right. Like, it's not like Reddit. It's like an entire message board devoted to to Q and the exegesis of Q drops. Right. And aren't they all like super abstract for yes. people to like make their like draw their own conclusions? Yeah, people read them like biblical text, which is which is fucked up. Right. And that's and that like makes them feel special. Right. And that becomes the whole game where you, you sit around waiting for a Q drop on the on the message board and then it comes and it's like a gobbledygook sentence with a question mark at the end and you have to figure out what it means. Right. And it don't mean shit. But it's probably this guy because this guy has a financial interest in keeping his message board going. Right. And so he And he's from the Philippines? Yeah, he's he's a American who he's an expat who lives in the Philippines. Oh. And like he like in the nineties he tried to start like the Fox News version of in the Philippines that didn't work. He's done like other like just weird. He's like a con man, right? Who lives in the Philippines and does weird shit. That's the other thing that I love, and we really have to wrap this up. But that's right. the other thing that I really like or don't like but don't really get about these like wild conspiracy theories is that like Donald Trump is a con man and like he admits to it and everybody knows it and like everyone knows that all he does is lie for a living and that he's just completely full of shit and he doesn't even try to deny that fact and all of these people are like no no that's not and it's like Yes, like, absolutely, you know? Well, and that's the thing about the whole, like, left like They, they the want to be conned. Yeah, they want to be conned. And, and what I don't understand, I have a hard time, who are the con men and who are, you know, who are the fox and who are the sheep? Because if you feel like, what, like, one out of ten of these dudes is just like, they're the hawk shit, Right. You go right. to a Trump rally, and there's gonna be a dude who's like, "Buy your Trump flags for twenty nine ninety five." Right. Like, how? What percentage of them are those dudes? Right. <laughs> you ever see that Gary Larson comic where it's like a field of sheep, but they're all just like wolves and like dressed up as sheep, and then one of them's like, "Wait, are there any real sheep here?" Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're all gonna go to jail like they're all just internet trolls that got carried away and they're just like now going to jail you know yep oh man i forgot about that one i was thinking of of the blazing saddles but i think there's a phone side that tells the same joke with the uh get your pies for the great pie fight you know what i'm talking about no. oh 
like it's the, the final battle and there's some dude there like selling guns at the final apocalyptic oh battle. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> well uh i wanted to talk about food too but this has been this has been fun right been great. yeah i bought a new knife and i've been making more hot sauce that's like that's my big top of the crock entries. Right. Well, I do want to talk to you. I want to. I want to sit you down someday and interview you about mustard. Oh, okay. Yeah, mustard is good. Yeah, I, I'm a big mustard fan. I want to know what your your hot takes on hot mustard. Are. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this has been Dump on the Ump, which is ostensibly a baseball podcast, but tonight it has not been a baseball podcast at all. It's been a conspiracy theory podcast. Right. No, I learned a lot about QAnon today, so thank you for that, Joel. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, if you like what you listen to, if you like what you have heard, what you have listened to, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Tell your friends. Uh, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud and or Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. Sam, I'm, I'm fighting the good fight. We're at 492 followers on Holy Twitter. Holy shit. Trying to get us above that 500 level. I don't know. We'll How long before it. we're verified? <laughs> Any day now. Any day now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, wait, you want us to verify you as a podcast with <laughs> multiple people who are in charge of this Twitter account? Yes. I, there are some blue checks, some, some verified accounts that have like 900 followers, and I'm always like, how did this guy get verified? Right. Who do they know? I guess you just ask. Like, can we be verified? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'd say no. Well. Uh, anyway, follow us on Twitter. It's fun. I love Twitter. Uh, we've got Instagram if you are more into pictures of delicious food and cats. So follow our Instagram account also. Don't bum me up. Um, all right, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. You all have a great day. You know, it's going to be fine. It's a new year. We're sane. We're going to make it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. I think so. I think we are. I think we're gonna make it. <laughs> yep, as Marshawn Lynch would say, take care of y'all mentals. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, have a good evening and a present tomorrow. <laughs> Do you want me to